welcome to the Seeing Deep podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. This month, we are focusing on getting healthy all the way around, from the food we eat to our finances, I know that hurts y'all, and now our physical health. I have with me author Miranda Davis, who recently had her book, Christian Girl in a Yoga World, Biblical Wisdom to Safely Navigate the Practice and Honor Your Faith on the Amazon bestsellers list. Congratulations, Miranda. Thank you, Denise. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to having a wonderful conversation with you and your listeners around this all-encompassing and important topic. Awesome. Well, let me tell you guys a little bit about Miranda. She is an expert in the health and wellness world with over 20 years experience. She owns a thriving Christian yoga and Pilates studio and infuses her teaching with biblical truth. Miranda facilitates global wellness retreats, has an ERYT 500 credential from Yoga Alliance, and has made several television, radio, and print appearances as a top resource. In ministry, Miranda is a biblical counselor using God's word to encourage heart change and guide women to live for Christ. She has a heart for marriage and serves alongside her husband, Eric, by mentoring couples in need. All right, Miranda, I'm going to tell you, I know some people are listening today, and I've been in their number, who are saying, what in the world? Christian and yoga, okay? Now, I know sometimes we can tend to look at things, uh, if you're a conservative Christian like I am, you want to examine things from a biblical lens and say, is this glorifying to God? And, you know, oftentimes we will think of yoga, I think of new age and stuff like that. And so uh, I'm looking forward to diving into this because I also remember when I was studying music at the University of Maryland and uh, the original worship songs sung in the church, we're talking ninth and 10th century. Some of those songs were borrowed from the bar and the lyrics were changed. And I, I thought of that this morning as I thought about this interview because things that we might think are absolutely not able to be used by God can be used. And so we might come to an interesting conclusion here. So the scripture for this episode is taken from 1 Timothy 4 verse 8. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So we all know it is good for us to move around and get exercise, but if we're honest, we don't want to and will and invent an excuse not to. At least I will. I mean, I, I like to run when people are chasing me, you know? <laughs> but then we go to the doctor's office and they inevitably say, you need to get more exercise and eat healthily. So why do you think it's such a battle for us to be healthy, Miranda? That's a great question, <clears throat> Denise. You know, I think that Jesus said it best when um, he was speaking in Matthew that, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And um, that can be the same application to our desire to want to move our bodies or not move our bodies. I believe that God created our bodies to move. Um, we have adapted, as you said, year, over years and years of, of using our bodies in different ways. But today it's predominantly sedentary for so much of our population. Um, if God did create our bodies to be a temple, I always ask people that I'm instructing or people that I'm guiding along this journey, you know, wouldn't we want this temple to be as healthy and in the best shape and condition that you could possibly make it? I believe that's glorifying to God. Yeah. Um, and that can be with our, the foods we choose to eat, the exercise that we choose to do. 
I think of it just like reading my Bible daily, meditating on God's word daily. By the way, I'm also a conservative Christian and, um, you know, upholding to God's truths, just like movement can be the same way. It's a discipline that we have to adhere to. And it's a practice. It's something that we have to practice to get into the habit to. So it can be very easy to say, no, you know, I'm not, I'm going to let that go today, but it's just as easy to say yes to it and, and create good patterns and behaviors and habits around that because it's what God created us to do. He created us to move. No, so good. And I think you hit on it right there. It's habits or getting a new rhythm where we include it. And during COVID, uh, that's been a little easier because my husband's been home a lot and let's go for a morning walk. Let's go for a lunch walk. Let's go for a jog in the evening. You know, it's like you're, you're just more able to fit it in, but it does have to be a priority, I think. So, okay, I'm going to hit on that question though now that I think you have already anticipated in your book. It is fairly common for people to be fearful of participating in yoga because of a concern about the spiritual roots of the practice. Is yoga really okay for a Christian to participate in? That's an excellent question. And it's the number one reason why I wrote my book, Denise, um, because I had a heartfelt desire to share with Christians who hope to practice yoga or that currently practice yoga, that we can get into the yoga world. We just don't want to be of it. You know, we don't want to be of the yoga world and we need to do that with parameters. There need to be very clear parameters set in place to protect ourselves spiritually. We would benefit from the mental and the physical benefits of yoga, but we don't want the spiritual side of it because the truth is we need to be wise and discerning. The yoga practice itself is rooted in Eastern religion. And a lot of people don't recognize that, or some Christians do recognize it and they say, well, it must be evil. And so I believe that we can use all things for God's good. And I believe in the right context and in the right setting with the right instructors in the right studios, with the way that it's just encouraged to be physical move movement, then yoga is absolutely okay, permissible. You know, I love that principle of using all things for God's glory. I, I think about everything is permissible, but is it beneficial? And and certainly if you are looking at yoga from a biblical lens and saying, uh, I'm going to be doing stretching exercises, meditating on scripture, uh, I would see that very different, obviously, than um, meditating just for the sake of people emptying their minds or on uh, Eastern religion. But what would you see, what would be some of the false teaching pitfalls or spiritually harmful environments the world of yoga opens door to and how do we counteract them? How do we make people aware? And, and how do you deal with those aspects, that aspect of yoga? Yes, that's, this is very important because what are the parameters? And so um, if you go to my website, I actually offer a, a free um, tutorial uh, that's coming. It's going to be in, featured in my next book. Christian Girl in the Yoga World is actually going to be a series, How to Practice Yoga and Not Compromise Your Faith. So I'm very specific. I give you my top four ways, and I'm going to tell you about those now. First of all, you need to really look into the studio setting. You need to think of yourself as a Christian investigator. So you need to go to a website of, you know, getting leads for studios, you know, maybe Googling or using Yelp and then finding those reviews, but then you have to go in and do your own work. Go and look at what the studio, what is their beliefs? 
Are there pictures of, you know, other gods or deities or statues? You know, we absolutely want to honor Exodus 20 verse 3, there shall be no other gods before me. These are all red flags for Christians. Look at the instructors. What is, what are types of classes are they teaching? What is their training? Um, if there's anything that looks like a red flag, perhaps they teach classes that are rooted in Zen, which is actually rooted to Buddhism. We want to avoid those. We're looking for classes that have just the physical parameters. So it'd be something like a Hatha style yoga. That just means all physical yoga. If everything looks good on your end, then by all means, go and try that out. When you're in the class, you want to practice Ephesians 6. You want to put on the full armor of God. We have to pray and guard our hearts when, when we're in a yoga class. Guarding our hearts means that we're listening for things being spoken over us that would be related again to a Hindu or a Buddhist text. The whole practice of yoga is very meditative. You are in a highly suggestive state. So you have to be wise and discerning about what is being spoken over to you, over you, asking the Lord to show you, is this contradictory to what your word says? Those are, those are really, if you can kind of find a place that, um, that does not put any of their religious teachings or ideas, ideals on you that just encompasses the physical practice, that would be a safe place to stay, to go and practice at. And, you know, I think it's okay to ask the instructors, what are your beliefs? I would like to have a conversation around that. We're not going there to be interrogators to them. We're just trying to get some knowledge and understanding. You know, there are plenty of Christian yoga instructors. They just have to be sought out. Mm. And, you know, I would say that's a good uh, premise from which to operate on in general life, to, to have a biblical filter. You know, we don't check our brains at the door at any time. And, and even if you think about the Bereans and God's word, they were testing even the sermons, you know, uh, let me see if this is biblical. And so I think that approach is a great way of life in general. And, and like you said, not to be hypercritical and like we hold the key to <laughs> perfectionism. It's not about that, but it is about a desire to order our lives after God's word um, and to take that seriously. So I think that is a, a great practice in general. So how did you get started in yoga and why was it important for you to write this book? You know, Denise, I struggled from some physical symptoms in my early 20s. I call myself a recovering perfectionist, um, very type A. I was a professional dancer at the time. So I had a, a very rigid way of moving my body several hours a day, very rigid in the type of food I ate. And I had what was called IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And at the prompting of, of a couple of people, now mind you, this is 1999. So yoga was not mainstream at the time. Um, I had two people say, you might want to try yoga. In 1999, at the time, I went to my first yoga class and I started to understand that relaxing was very hard for me. The whole part of the class I, I identified with, I found a wonderful instructor at the gym. At the end of the class, when she told us to, to lie down and to start breathing and, and to try to relax our muscles, I had an internal battle. I wanted to get up and run. Um, but at that same time, when I found yoga was starting to calm my body down, that is the same time I became a believer in Jesus Christ. And the reason I wrote that book is because after I left the dance world, I became a top-notch professional in the world of yoga. I actually traveled around the world certifying people in a specific style that was for the most part a, a very physical practice. It wasn't until I got to higher levels of education and I really started to climb in my faith 
uh, really wholeheartedly following Jesus um, with all that I had, I started to find there was a lot of contradiction. And so that's what prompted me to write the book. There's nothing out here, out in the world uh, that has ever been written like this. And it's, it's a lot of my own personal stories about how I was put in a yoga situation and then God said, this isn't okay. And so I'm, I'm, I wrote this as a warning to other believers and, and also as a way to show how now God uses yoga as a ministry for me. Wow, that is such a great testimony. And hopefully maybe, who knows, you may have a video series someday or you know, <laughs> help people in that way too. Because I think, uh, well, especially now, people are probably working out a lot more in their home or maybe not than they are in the gym. So um, that might be a way God could use you as well. It's already available, Denise. You oh, wow. So, okay. You could certainly start finding those. I have been doing that through COVID. Such a blessing. People have asked me for years, hey, would you like to do, would you do videos for us? And I, I shied away from it, but God put me in that place so that my business could continue mm -hmm. to thrive through this really difficult time. So awesome. Now you mentioned in your book that yoga can be a stepping stone for physical, mental, and emotional health as scientifically proven. Can you share how it has been proven to help? Absolutely. Yes. Um, that's part of, you know, the science side I, I do, I've always gravitated towards in all my education and knowledge of yoga, several studies um, on how yoga is beneficial for the central nervous system, which is the central nervous system is what helps us to regulate and control our um, need to not be in that fight or flight response. You know, so many of us live in fight or flight because um, our bodies are amped up on cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Um, we don't know how to bring that down into a calm, relaxed state. So it's the breathing that is physiologically beneficial to the body. It's the ways that your body moves in yoga, which is different than other exercises that releases, let's say, for example, scientifically, it's proven it releases um, synovial fluid to your joints. And that's, that's just like oil to a squeaky door. You know, mm -hmm. if you move your body in these particular poses, it helps your body, your muscles, your joints to actually um, stay. It's scientifically proven that it's anti-aging. Um, it's one of the best ways I've ever found to move. I think I will have this way to move for myself for the rest of my life because I really see the anti-aging benefits. And I've had medical professionals over the years come to me and they've written theses on it. They've written books. They've um, done their own medical research because they have seen their own healing in their own body. So um, that is one of the testaments to the practice is that there's a multitude of ways that it can help your body. And I will say for myself with the IBS, all those symptoms greatly lessened once I started practicing yoga, but it was not until I really took hold of my faith in Jesus Christ that I believe he was the instrument in that healing. I think that's important as Christians. We can say mm -hmm. that yoga can help it be a tool that Jesus uses in your healing, but ultimately he is the healer. Amen to that. So we see how you are incorporating your faith into yoga by, you know, thinking about what is being said and spoken and choosing to meditate on God's word. But it seems like you also use yoga as an evangelistic tool. Can you tell about this? Yes. Um, in 2009, I was having um, just an, an epiphany. I had finished studying yoga in India where it I had probably the, the hardest time in my life on my, uh, as a spiritual attack on my faith, 
going to speak to me in India did not know it was going to be, um, he was showing me that there is no separation between the Buddhist and Hindu religion and yoga. So I came back, you know, crying out to God. I don't understand God. How, how is this going to look now? I cannot go back to where I was. I couldn't even work for the company that I was associated with anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was, it was a tough time in my life. And then one day I was praying in the shower and the word perfect came to my mind. I knew I needed to hop out of the shower, went to my Bible, to the concordance and found um, Colossians 1.28. We proclaim him admonishing and teaching in all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. And that was it. I, I said, okay, Lord, I understand. I can teach the practice of yoga, the physical and the mental, but you want me to speak scripture over people. You want me to speak mm. your truths over people. And just, and it was scary, Denise. I had a secular crowd coming to me. I had taught secular yoga for years. Took that leaf of faith. And so since 2009, I've had a thriving Christian yoga and Pilates studio. I've had people from all different types of faith who have come to practice with me. And I, I don't push the faith on them. I always pray before class. I always pray that God would give me scripture to use. And then I use a scripture to, as a thematic over the class and let the scripture speak to their spirit. Let the, the, the scripture change their heart. And I've had wonderful, wonderful mm -hmm. testimonies of people going back to church, people coming up and having conversations about Jesus. A Muslim comes to my class. I, I don't know how these things happen except for that God brought them my way. Wow, that's powerful because we know that the word of God does not return void. And to be able to speak scripture over people, you know, in an environment today that almost says you can't, you know, say the name of Jesus, you can't do this. Well, we can in my class, right? <laughs> so that's a powerful redemption of something that the devil meant for evil. So let's talk a little bit about meditation. That's somewhat of a hot topic now as people are interested in biblical meditation now, a lot of Christians. So tell me what meditation looks like when you're practicing yoga. Okay, so this is very important, another very important topic to discern for Christians. Um, meditation, yes, scientifically, there's a lot of benefits, but it's ultimately a lot of times it's emptying the mind, as you mentioned earlier. Um, our, we know from Philippians 4, 8, that we're not to empty the mind. We're supposed to think about things that are excellent, true, noble, praiseworthy, meditating on things that, that would be attributes related to Christ. Um, so we don't need to empty our mind. Uh, also, secular meditation may say to affirm yourself. Well, um, you know, affirming ourselves is exalting ourselves as a, as a God. And so we want to affirm who Christ is. And so, for example, I would love to use maybe a scripture say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's, and so we could take some deep breaths, inhaling, I can, exhaling, do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So it's, again, it's, it's letting the breath and the scripture soak into your soul, letting that transform your heart, letting that transform your feelings, letting that transform your thoughts. It's nothing that you can do to exalt yourself or to simply just empty the mind that's gonna have a lasting benefit like the scriptures would. So that's, that's the main difference. Hmm. Another thing you talk about in your book is community and community is a part of one of the benefits you ascribe to yoga. And, you know, community is also a key part of our spiritual formation. So how does the community in your yoga classes differ and how is it similar to community that we would find in church? 
Yes, I, that's one of the sweetest benefits that I found, um, not knowing when I switched over to teach uh, my class from a Christian perspective, is how caring, kind, uplifting, encouraging um, all my students are. You know, I pray about who comes to me, and I know the Lord, I absolutely believe he ordains every person who sets foot into my studio. Um, and the people have been the sweetest. Uh, I feel like it's a, it's a very small community. Um, and, and that's, I love that factor about it too, because it gets the relationship and the fellowship factor is very rich and deep. Um, I feel much like that. I go to a, a, a very large church up to 10,000 people, but it feels very small to me because of my ministry as a biblical counselor or the ways that I serve in the church. Um, so it has that same type of feeling. I always just want to be clear that you have to be cautious because people who are in a secular yoga world, a lot of times feel like that community can replace the church community. I've actually talked about that in my book and I've encountered not just one, but several women who have stopped going to church because they didn't have time or they were busy. Um, and I understand we have those kinds of seasons, but the yoga community can never fulfill you like the fellowship, the love, the grace, the guidance, and the leadership that we need from the Christian community through our church. That's so good that you point people back to, because, you know, scripture talks about not forsaking the gathering of the saints and that we we need that and i do think it's great though it's almost like a small group type format that you offer really in a yoga class and and that's so needed as well is there anything else you would want to share with our listeners today you know i would just want to encourage anyone out there who has had doubt about practicing yoga but maybe you have some physical ailments or maybe um you know this is a this is a troubling time that we're living through Yoga can actually be a tool and a vehicle that the Lord uses to bring some peace, some relaxation, some health, some vitality to your body. Just use his word to discern and to decipher if, if the place that you choose to go to is right for you. It is possible. All things are possible through Christ Jesus. And so, you know, I don't want people to be turned away from yoga. I want people to be encouraged that it can be a wonderful way to move your body. Um, but I also just want to say that, um, you know, with that, be discerning, be wise. You know, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. And so be protective of your heart and be protective of your faith. That's so good that we need to use the word of God. You know, I was thinking when you were talking about that phrase, don't lose your filter as you get older, people can be pretty blunt. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, don't lose the filter of the word of God. You know, it should be in all aspects of our life, but you know, then we're able to be people of God who can discern. And that's important in all of life. And so I really appreciate your approach toward this. I might just even try some yoga. I have to confess, I have not. I'm one of those people. I have done some stretches. And so uh, it's just so encouraging to hear your approach to this. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so happy to be here, Denise. I was delighted to be able to have this conversation with you. Thank you. And God bless your ministry. Thank you. Leave a comment to be entered to receive a copy of Miranda's book. You can find Miranda on her website, www.mirandajoedavis.com. And we'll have that link and maybe some other links as well. Uh, on our show page. You've been listening to the Scene Deep podcast where we dive into the word of God for the answers to life's problems.